Zorro.com is where you'll find everything you need for businesses of any size in almost any industry. They have tools, equipment, and supplies for everything you need. Whether you need stuff for industries like electrical, plumbing, manufacturing, or more, Zorro's got it from brands you know and trust. And Zorro.com offers amazing customer service from real people based in the U.S. Visit Zorro.com slash NFL in all lowercase letters to sign up for Zmail and get 15% off your first order. Do you know what my favorite thing is? Skittles. Actually, I'll take that back. It's my family. They mean everything to me. Skittles is my second favorite thing. Scratch that. Our listeners are my second favorite thing. Skittles is my third favorite thing, and I'm saying this as I realize that sports is my third favorite thing. You know what? Skittles is probably my 68th to 70th favorite thing, but they are my favorite candy, favorite fruity candy. Skittles. Podcast the rainbow. Taste the rainbow. Welcome to the Ringer NFL Show. I'm Robert Mays, joined as always by Kevin Clark. Kevin, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I saw a stat a couple minutes ago that blew my mind. The AFC South, everybody's 2-2. Two and two, And it's the first time that everybody in the division has been 2-2 two and two after four weeks since the merger. Which is a good way to get into the fact that I have no idea what's going on in football. Today was a bizarre week. I, if, if you were going to throw out a, te- a, a conference, or excuse me, a division that was all two, let me do that again. If you were going to throw out a division that everyone was two and two after four weeks, isn't that the one you would have picked? A perpetually two and two. Yes. The perpetually is- six and six, seven and seven, <laughs> and then they play each other in the last like two weeks of the season, and then somebody makes the playoffs, and then you forget that everybody else is in playoff contention. So the AFC South is perpetually 500. The rest of the league is perpetually hard to figure out. So what we're going to do today, we're four weeks in. We're at the quarter pole of the, of the year, essentially. So mm-hmm. we're going to start off the show by asking some kind of big picture questions as it relates to week four that we have right now about a lot of the league. Because I think that we have m- many more questions than answers at this point. So what is the first question about week four that you want to throw out? So you know this, and you're making me ask it because you don't want to ask it. I definitely don't want to ask it. Okay. So just so the listener knows, you were supposed to ask this question, but because of the nature of the question, you're pretending like it's my question. Yeah, Here's the question. Here's, Here's the question. This is why I'm pointing it out because it's going to be so funny when I say it out loud, and I'm really looking forward to it. Are the Bears better with Chase Daniel at quarterback than Mitchell Trubisky? So what is your answer to that question? Hmm. Well, I saw a great stat from Eric at home earlier today. At the half, at the half, Chase Daniel entered three months into the game, had 138 passing yards and a touchdown. That's more passing yards than Trubisky had in a quarter of his starts. Okay. And the reason I bring that up is because I... (laughs) You good? (laughs) Um, The reason... reason, I'm fine. Yeah, okay. So the reason I bring that up (sighs) is because I think that there's a floor of competence with Chase Daniel that is really important. 
And I, agree I with think you. that, you know, we were playing in Slack earlier today, the kind of how many quarterbacks does do the Bills could the Bills win beat the Patriots with today? You know, because you could you win with Andy Dalton, that kind of thing. And I think you think about it from a season standpoint with that defense in Chicago, okay. There are so many quarterbacks who could make those that team real like runaway NFC contenders because that defense is unbelievable. So, if, so they had, nasty today. if they had a top 14 quarterback, I'd pick them to make the Super Bowl. If they had a top 10 quarterback, I'd pick them to win the Super Bowl, right? Chase Daniels, obviously, neither of those. But what I'm saying is I think almost try to take quarterback out of the equation and just limit mistakes, have a floor of competence, and just see where you go. Now, the, the only question is whether or not Chase Daniel is competent enough to be that guy. I don't know. There's not that big of a sample size. The only thing I can say is that Mitch Trubisky has shown there that sometimes the bottom falls out, and all you have to have at the quarterback position is a quarterback who does not let the bottom fall out. I, I know it's a joke. I know that this conversation is funny, and I, I, it, it, I can't even deny that. I don't think you're having a very good time with this conversation. Well, because it's not. it, it really sucks. To draft I know, guys, no. to dr- you're, to, but you're saying it's funny, but in like a, a you want to walk off a bridge kind of way. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Because to the fact that a career backup might be better than the guy you drafted second overall three years ago, and that you really kind of were hanging right. your hopes on this season sucks. But we we've had this discussion before on the show over the last few weeks. I mean, I'm ready to live that Andy Dalton, Ryan Tannehill, yeah. whatever life based on how yeah. he's played. And I think those earlier discussions were informative as to what today was like, because Chase Daniel is not a good quarterback. Chase Daniel, by the way, has been in the league for a long time. He sure you know, has. You went, it, you, you, you went to college with him and you're washed. Yes, I'm washed as hell. And he's a year old. We're, actually, we're the same age. That's depressing. But he turns 33 in like a week and a half. Chase okay. Daniel is older than me. So here's the thing about what the offense looked like today. I'm not saying Chase Daniel is some savior. He missed some throws today, some easy ones. But the offense operated on time in a way that it often doesn't with Mitchell Trubisky. It seemed like there were some checks at the line and some project, like some protection adjustments that don't happen with Trubisky. That's one of the more depressing elements of what he's looked yeah. like this year is that in year two of this system, they're putting a ton of on James Daniels, who is a rookie center for the most part. This is his second season, but this is his first year playing center in a very complex offense. But for a guy to be able to actually run the show, even if he's limited in terms of talent, was nice to see. I just like watching this offense run on time. I like when the trains are on the tracks, and that's what happened today. And when okay. you have that defense, I... I don't know if they're necessarily the same type of unit they were last year where they were transcendent, but I think that this defense is even better than I thought they were going to be this season. Khalil Mack is an otherworldly football player. I, like Watching yep. him today is just I, – I, the fact that I'm still in awe of what he can do every once in a while, I, I didn't even know that was still possible, and a game like today really brings me back to that. So, yes or no, do they win? This is two separate questions I'd like you to, to answer. Do they win more regular season games 
if Chase Daniel plays the rest of the season than they would if Trubisky did? And do they go further in the playoffs if Chase Daniel plays in the playoffs than Rich Trubisky? Where do you go with both those questions? I think the answer is yes to both those questions. Wow. If it's the Mitchell, if, if it's the missile, if it is the Mitchell Trubisky we saw for the first two and a half. We games. don't know, by the way, just so the listener knows. So we don't know the severity of the injury. Uh, Matt Nagy said that that he does not believe it's season ending. But when you see Mitchell Trubisky on the sideline with a sling, obviously it's significant time. So it, we'll, we'll it, find it, out it's more. Really this bad. Week. Yeah. The only thing that worries me about this is that I feel like the way he was playing, it was over. They would go out to get someone next year to like at least uh, be competition for him. But now, if you're the front office and you're the, you're the organization, you can talk yourself into maybe we give him one more go around. That, to me, is the worst thing that can come out of this. Is it's that like, they talk themselves into one more year of Mitchell Trubisky. It's like the Midwest version of the Adam Gase thing, where it's like yeah. we didn't see enough. Yes. And that legitimately terrifies me. Because I think that based on how things were going, it was going to be a, all right, who's around? Who can we get for $20 million next year? You pay your quarterback room 30 total. You can actually kind of get by with that. And now it seems like that could be out the window because they're going to say, eh, yeah, well, we, we couldn't see him in year two of the system. That, to me, is the worst outcome that could possibly happen from all of this. So... If he comes back, let's say he's out seven or eight weeks. Let's say he's out eight weeks, okay? It's week 13. How good does Chase Daniel need to play, in your opinion, for them to not even think about Trubisky coming back in? About what he did today. Okay. I mean, they're three and one, man. They haven't yeah. looked oh, good, I but know. they're three and one. And, and the defense is really, really, really good. I, I just, I, I did not give them enough credit coming into the season for how good they might be. They are really good. Yep. All right. Next question. All right. Let's stick with some quarterback questions. Are the Rams already regretting the contract they handed Jared Goff this offseason? It's not the same, but it reminded me a little bit of like, so the NBA contracts now, it's like the Supermax and stuff kick in like a year later. So like John Wall, his contract was terrible before it even started, right? Like it was a year out yeah. from when it started. And it's like, uh oh, we regret the John Wall deal. Um, I'm not obviously not comparing those two people to very, very different. But what I will say is that when you look at a performance like today, I don't think they're regretting. I think it's way too early. And I think that golf can golf can turn this around. We've seen what good Jared Goff looks like. Okay. But from from where I stand. Jared Goff has has the golden ticket, right? He gets to 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 live the fantasy of every quarterback. You got Sean McVay. And you understand why they extended him because you don't want to find out. We think a lot of quarterbacks can run this, but you don't want to find out. And you don't want to just go back to the well and say, okay, we're going to go to the draft. We're going to change out quarterbacks every four years because eventually that stops working. You'll get the lemon and everything kind of comes apart, right? It is worth it with the way the cap works now to just say, okay, we're going to pay our guy. The only way this doesn't work is if Jared Goff screws it up. And right now, he's starting to screw it up a little bit. He's turning the ball over a lot. I mean, first of all, he had the, the probably, I, I didn't look at all the 500-yard games in the history of the NFL. I imagine there are some losses on there just because of what needs to happen to get 500 yards. But that's got to be the most uninspiring 500-yard performance I've ever seen in my life. I mean, that was really bad. He threw 68 passes. but 
He throws three interceptions. He's now fumbled, what, 14 times in his last 13 games? Let me get this stat right. Yeah, 14 fumbles in his last 13 games. It's a very funny, very good piece on the ringer, but whether or not his small hands have something to do with it. I didn't write it. I don't know who did the art for that, but that person deserves just a raise. (laughs) <laughs> like a 10 year contract extension. It yeah, we should give the money, the money that is going to Jared Goff should be funneled into our art department to give to whoever that got that. Goff uh, has a $36 million cap hit next year. Worth At least every a, penny. Mil- a, mil- a million dollars of that should go to our art department. Okay. So, so where are you on this? I mean, my, my, my short answer here is, are they regretting it? No. If we see this for four more weeks, will they regret it? Yes. So we've had this conversation a lot about when it comes to paying quarterbacks and it's okay to pay a quarterback. That's fine, but you have to pay the right quarterback. So the fact that, you know, Russell Wilson is going to make $31 million against the cap next year for the Seahawks. That's completely okay. Russell Wilson's awesome. The fact that Jared Goff, as things currently stand, has the highest cap hit in the NFL next season of any player. That's a problem. And I thought Dan Orlovsky tweeted this today, and I thought it was a really good idea, really good point. They're turning Jared Goff into a drop back quarterback. Yeah. And we've seen how he struggles with that. And that's kind of why, even before they lost this game, you know, one of the ideas I was kicking around when we were kind of figuring out what we wanted to write about for the next week was the fact that the Rams are worrying me because what have we seen from them in terms of evolution? from the team that disappointed down the stretch last year. Yeah. Well, have they have they gotten better in any areas that make you feel more comfortable about where they're going? I, and the answer I, to me is no. So, I'm of two minds here. Number 1 is that I like to and I've talked about this in the past in recent years is that I like to go and look at kind of power ranking stories from week four, week three, whatever it is, the previous year to see where we were as a league. Sure. And it's funny to me because I was about to say that I think it's helpful to understand that that they still are three and one. So, you know, even if they're having a bad month, they're still three and one. And I thought Orlovsky made this point too about the Browns, which is the, the encouragement for the Browns should be they had the worst month they could possibly have. And they're still two and two. And they're That's two fine. and two. But when I was looking, when I was looking at the power rankings from Week Four of 2018, I was I was basically laughing out loud. It was so fun. I mean, the Jaguars, I think, were fourth on NFL.com's power rankings this time last year. That seems like 50 years ago that they were contenders. But it was Week Four of last season because they started three and one. It's unbelievable. So. I you know I do think that the fact that they are not what they were but are three and one is okay because I think they will get better. I think there will be some evolution and they've kind of stayed their way to three wins. I think that's a really, it's a, probably a more competitive division than even we thought because yeah. you don't, I assumed it was going to be Seahawks Rams and then, you know, the Rams would win one more game in December and then, then they would, they would win that division. Now you have the 49ers who look like legitimate, legitimate playoff team. So that's just, that's a different, wrinkle now and so I, i'm with you i'm not that encouraged by what i've seen but uh i'm i'm not pulling the plug on golf just yet all right so i want to get to the team that beat them today but before we do that let's let's have a very quick very broad nfc discussion in your mind right now who is the scariest team in the nfc 
Jeez. Um, it's a really hard question to answer, right? Craig has to edit out all the silence. When I'm, no, when the I'm, silence, when I'm I think, think the, the silence, silence is, is telling. good. The silence is good. The silence is telling because I think that that's where we are right now. And I, th- I think that the silence really speaks to how difficult a question that is. I, I don't know what my answer is. I think it's still the Eagles. Yeah, it's a combination of the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Packers. And here's here's why I would Interesting. say I, you put I, Green Bay in there. I'm, well, I'm no, curious no, no. about your but, reasoning. But here's so I think the Cowboys and the Eagles are both really, really good, right? And we're gonna get to the Cowboys in a second because they had a, a real bad play calling game. Kellen, you're gonna have to defend your boy Kellen Moore a little bit later. I mean, it's, I mean they laid an egg on the road against a team with a lot of defensive talent. Okay. I mean, that, that happens. We'll get there. But it, the, it, it honestly reminds me of the way that the Cowboys played the Saints last year. Yeah. Yeah. So the Packers the Packers are scary to me because even though we saw kind of a weird game on Thursday night, I still think they have a lot of defensive talent and I think we're both in agreement, you more so than me, but I'm certainly throwing them in here that the bottom five person you want to see charging against you is Aaron Rodgers. Like that's just, you just don't want to see that. And yes. if you're, if you're playing a divisional playoff game, I don't want to play Aaron Rodgers. I want to play Chase Daniel. I want to play Kirk Cousins. Yes. Yeah, I want. I want to play. I mean, I. I. I who, who the heck knows what's going on in New Orleans right now? Um, and when Drew Brees, what he looks like when he returns to health. I mean, there's just, again, there's not much of a playbook for for 40 year old Drew Brees to come back in week 10 or week 11 or whatever. And we'll leave that aside for a second. But I, when you look at the quarterbacks and the, you know, assuming that the Packers have the roster that we think they did through three weeks. I think that's still a scary team. Having said that, I probably it's it's it, they're all they're one A, B, and C with with Dallas, Philadelphia, and Green Bay. I can see that, and I think that for me, the most encouraging part of that Philly win is that it reminded me of the Super Bowl year in the sense that they yeah. have answers to a lot of questions. Agree, and the the idea that their offensive line can just dominate that game against Green Bay and really just take control that's exciting to me. And, you know, Wentz played really well. I honestly, though, I, the fact that the Jags keep winning is is bad for a team that needs Jalen Ramsey. But I tweeted this the day after the game. I mean, the Eagles need Jalen Ramsey. They just, this is not sustainable. They need right. somebody in the secondary. Let's do a thought experiment. Do you give up? If you're Howie Rose, when you get a call and they say, we will do Jalen Ramsey for two first round picks, do you do it? Yes. Even though you'd have to pay him quite soon. Yes. Because they have the cap space next year. Okay. They they have it now. They have it now. And if you structure the contract a certain way, we've talked about the fact that Wentz's deal is going to look like a steal in like 10 days based on the way that they did it. And it, we're already there. I, I would do it. Yes. I don't want to do another quarterback pay discussion, but I will say it's funny to me that we have both said the line that, that is almost universally true and has been universally true in sort of the mega contract era, which is that every quarterback contract eventually becomes a bargain. I don't know if that's going to happen for Jared Goff. <laughs> Wentz, Wentz's biggest cap hit, the biggest cap hit of his contract that he just signed is $200,000 more than Jared Goff's contract cap hit <laughs> <his> next season. <laughs> It's 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 crazy, uh, man. It, it it is crazy how good Howie Roseman is at this shit. It, it it blows me away all the time. Let's stick with quarterback conversations and quarterback pay here, and talking about the other half of that Rams game. 
do we think that the way the Bucks look right now, that they just roll with this when it comes to Winston next year? So, this is a great question. He is in the last year of a $20 million cap hit deal. He would, you know, in theory, he reach unrestricted free agency, but we know that's not really how this works. Either he'll get franchise tagged and then negotiate or, or so whatever. So that's the thing, is that right. if the tag is on the table. Right. And and listen, if if he's the type of quarterback you want to extend, he is the type of quarterback to put the franchise tag on. That that's there's there's not a lot of room for debate there. Um if you have a quarterback, like the franchise tag, that's that's who you franchise tag is a franchise quarterback if you think he's that. I don't think they think that. I don't think that we think that. But I think you kind of maybe entertain a two year and I would say interestingly enough that if the Titans have a good year this year, that both of these quarterbacks, the 2015 draft class might be facing a similar situation, which is maybe a sort of band-aid contract that lasts two years. It's not one of these mega contracts. What, two years, 17 a year? Something like that. There's no way he signs that, though. Jameis Winston? There's no way he signs that. Who's going to pay Jameis Winston more than $17 million a year? I, you can't give him seventeen million. That's there's no way he signs that contract. Well, I, I think if you're going to do that, I, you I, have I, to franchise tag him. I, I, you think that someone's going to come in with twenty million dollars a year or more for Jameis Winston? One hundred percent. Yeah, I don't know about that. I maybe I I guess who. I promise you, someone would do that. I just—I mean, I there's only thirty-two you. teams. I there. I just don't. I don't know. My think, team would do that. My team the would Bears give him $20 million, give $20 next year. million for an inconsistent guy who's had lo- problems with the league office and certainly problems dating back to college. I promise you, if, the, if he continues playing like this, someone is going to offer him $20 million a year. Nick Foles just got an $88 million contract. So I don't know. I don't know where you've been the last couple. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl and then and and put up some of the best numbers in the history of the league and had highs that were kind of way higher than Jameis Winston has ever experienced in the league. I, I That's think not true. That, That's not true. In the regular season, well, Jameis Winston Jameis Winston's highs right. have been just as high as Nick Foles's. I understand that, but Nick Foles won a Super Bowl and then made had a nice little playoff run last year and that's what sort of bounces around NFL owners' let me, minds. Let me be clear about this. I, I do think, not I would not want to be paying Jameis Winston that. I would not be the one, want to be the one who does it. Someone will do it. You can't throw $17 million at Jameis Winston. If they want him, okay, I assume it's going to be a franchise tag situation. I just, then I would let him go. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give Jameis Winston $20 million a year. I wouldn't want to either. But if you're paying, if you're playing the way they are right now, don't you want to see well, where they're this two goes? And two. They're not four. They're not, they're not going to win the Super Bowl here. They lost to the, a team that we think is really good in San Francisco. And they're, they had a weird kind of collapse at the end against the Giants. Yeah, that I was last week. I, they lost to Danny Dimes. I think they're intriguing for this reason. I think the talent on offense is really good. And I think that when yeah, they have, have Mike, Mike Evans, Evans yeah. and Chris Godwin, and, and I think you can ride with that. I think the defense is what makes this really interesting because I think the defense is pretty good. And I think that the, them hiring Todd Bowles is maybe the most important upgrade a single team made this offseason. And you combine that with 
the fact that Shaquille Barrett, I guess, is just like the best defensive player in the NFL now. Uh, there is so much going on with that roster that I think makes them really interesting. And I feel like franchise tagging Winston next year to ride with this again and see where it's going is the right move. Yeah, I mean, listen, this has been, it's it's only been a month under Arians. It's possible that Arians feels good about where Winston is under himself and Byron Leftwich, and they want to keep it going and franchise tag him for another year. But I would think long and hard about committing a lot of money to a guy who's been that inconsistent. Who I, I just think he's... That's why I tag him. I would not sign him to an extension. Okay, but let me ask you a question. Would you rather have would you rather have him or would you rather do the, you know, two years, 20 million for Ryan Tannehill? I'd rather have Winston. Okay. I, 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 I don't know. I'm, we have three months to find out if that's the case. I just, I, don't. I think if this is the, if he's the guy we saw today, I'd rather have Jameis Winston because I think the highs are higher. Yeah, but the problem that's is that Jameis, Jameis Winston has never been the guy we saw today for longer than today. Does that make sense? Like we've seen oh, like, longer than two or three games. It's always been in spurts. He, yeah. he is inconsistent. That's been Jameis Winston. He throws these insanely bad turnovers. That's kind of what he does. I don't like Jameis Winston. I, I would not want to commit to Jameis Winston. Dude, you're you're I, backing up the Brinks truck for him. I'm doing the I'm doing the franchise tag and nothing more. That's what I'm that's all. I think that if this continues, and that is a big if, because again, the inconsistency, everything else. If this continues, I think he's worth franchising and uh, but not anything longer than that. Yeah, I'm gonna pass on that. You don't you wouldn't give him the franchise tag for 30 I don't million. know. I mean I here's the thing is I don't understand which Jameis Winston we're talking about because he got run out of town by Danny Dimes last week. Like I just don't. Oh, that don't, was that was not on him. I mean, hey, you get outdoed by Danny Dimes, been beaten by the best. Um, no, I understand that, but I'm just I don't know. I we, there's a there's a reason that NFL seasons aren't four games long. I'll say that. I, there's there's a lot of season to play. I just think that if we're projecting what happened today, then that's what I would do. But that's difficult to do because he's inconsistent and it's a, it's a long season. Totally fair. All right. Speaking of the man who got that $88 million contract, do you think Nick Foles should be the starter in Jacksonville when he gets healthy? So that wasn't, that's not the question. Will Nick the Foles get his job back? Is does he ever, and this is actually from a Twitter user that I got when I was writing up the script here. But how I, is that question that different? Isn't that the same question? Well, no, because should he and will he are very different things. Uh, all right, will he? Will he is yes. will he? That, that will he? That's that's the question. Will he? Because should he? I actually think the answer is probably no. Yeah, I think I the guard. I think the Gardner Minshew looks pretty good, and this was a very, very, very weird game in Denver. Leonard Fournette, <laughs> Leonard Fournette uh, looked like 2004 Adrian Peterson. And Joe Flacco had 300 yards, and um, no one. We should burn the tapes of this game. But Gar I think Gardner Minshew. We're going to get to the Broncos later. This is a really interesting conversation. I think that continue. Minshew was sacked five times, by the way, and I don't think yeah, Broncos they actually got all. some heat on him. Um, congratulations to the Broncos for figuring out that they had two of the best pass rushers in football. <laughs> one of whom got hurt, but before yeah, the game exactly. ended. All right, so uh, will he get his job back? I actually think he will. I think that you cannot give $88 million. And remember that whole thing about how they paid him so he'd have respect in the locker room or whatever? I mean, this is, you know, the Coughlin-Marone alignment there. I think that they make 
decisions in kind of an old school way still. And I, I see them. You mean saying, the wrong way? Let's not say if it's right or wrong, but it's wrong. And um, I just think that there's probably a week here in like week 14 where they say Nick Foles was a starter. You can't lose your job to injury. We're going to give him a shot. And then he, you know, yeah, you know, starts, you know, you starts know what, one we, and a half games. You know what, what team didn't say that once? The New England Patriots. And it worked out okay for them. I'm not yeah, saying they, Gardner da- you know who else Tom did? Brady. The, da- but, the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott. Yes. That was, I, a, there I just was think, a big I one. think Mitch was worth riding with, man. I just I do. agree. I, I, I agree. I, I think something, he's something just, going on he there. knows how to play quarterback. And we, we talked about this on last week's show. <laughs> the finances of it suck. There's just no good way for them to do this. Because, I mean, you the Foles is getting paid so much next year, and you're going to owe him so much. But it's $15 million. And in talking the same conversation we just had about Winston and about how much quarterbacks get paid, someone will give you a third-round pick to take that Foles contract off your hands because his base salaries over the next three years are 15.1, 14.9, and 20. Someone will do that. And I think if, again, it's all projection and we're extrapolating this, but if Minshew is this guy for the rest of the season, I think you have to do that if you're Jacksonville. What if we ship Nick Foles to Tampa? I, I This is a conversation for later. There's going to be a lot of quarterback movement next offseason, a ton. There are going to be a lot of guys changing teams just because the, do- of the dominoes finances, start falling. They really the do. dominoes start falling when you bait the Bears into spending $40 million a year on Jameis Winston, giving him a four year, $160 million deal. <laughs> Honestly, you know, it's the nice part about that is the fact that they're paying Trubisky $9 million. Yeah. They can't afford to do that. So they're going to have to go with some <laughs> You're going to try to bang the drum. cheap option. You're going to bang the drum. Honestly, if they wanted to trade a third round pick for Nick Foles and pay him fifteen million, that's not the worst thing in the world to me. It's right. it's going to be a situation like that. All right, <laughs> next question. Our last our last question before we get to stock up. When stock did we up. add a team to this question? I think we have to because we weren't talking about them in any other space. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Are the Lions and Bills good? Hmm. hmm. I don't believe in moral victories necessarily. But weren't those two decidedly moral victories? Yeah, I actually think that the I think that the Lions should have won that game. I think so too. I think I, I think the I I don't think that the I don't think the Bills should have won that game. I think that that first of all. So are the Lions good and the Bills are not? Is that where you're going? I think that they both had the chance to make the playoffs. I think if they played right now, I think the Lions would win. Do we owe Matt Patricia an apology? Hmm. I think even though I've never publicly, I've never publicly gone out against him. I actually think in my mind, you said he should get fired no, after no, no, week no. one. That's not what I'm talking about. I actually think that I was too hard on Bob Quinn. I think that okay. that I think that that roster is pretty good. And I kind I kind of Justin Coleman was a in my mind. Today. I apologize. This is like Minority Report. I, I was I was like I was thinking about canceling Bob <laughs> pre, Quinn. Pre crime. Yeah, I was I was pre canceling Bob Quinn in my mind. Uh, even though I don't think I ever said it out loud. If I if a listener remembers me ripping Bob Quinn, please remind me. But I don't think I think it was just in my mind. But I think that's a pretty good roster. 
And I don't know if we owe Matt Patricia an apology. I think still think that the game in Arizona is unforgivable, even though that's Daryl Bevel. You're the guy that hired Daryl Bevel, all that. I still, obviously, I believe in Matthew Stafford. Um, the will they, way they've built that defense has been quite good. Someone like, you know, a signing like Justin Coleman, I don't think a lot of people are thinking about, has really paid off. He was so, fantastic today. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's a much better roster than I gave it credit for. When I wrote that Stafford piece, to be honest with you, I kind of thought it was going to be another sort of here comes Stafford to throw for a bunch of yards and play better than the teammates around him and, you know, kind of another, another, I think he's having the best season of his career. Yeah. I, I didn't necessarily see it coming that he would have this in team success in, in me in neither broader context, team success. So I'm happy for that. The bills. I mean, look, Matt Barkley played half the game. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, I don't know how many times out of a hundred they win that game, but I don't think, I don't, I don't actually think it's that many. I, I really like the Bills. I really like the Bills. I, like, I, like I the really roster. like the Bills too. I think it's one of those things though where when you have to win games ugly, it's hard to win a lot of games. And I think that's where the Bills are. I don't think the Lions are there. I think the, Li- the Lions have more ways they can win games. And I think that's what makes them intriguing, especially in an NFC where we don't really know who's that good. I mean, the NFC North right now, it's full of a lot of really competent teams. I mean, every yep. single team in that division can beat, I think, pretty much anybody on a weekly basis. And it, I don't like that my team is in it because it's going to be a slog for the entire year because there are no easy wins in that division. And I just think that the Lions are better and more interesting and more dynamic on a lot of levels than I thought they were going to be. Yeah, I'm 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 100% with you on that. And I think that, you know, I think with Buffalo, I just think that right now the Patriots are... I mean, God, that secondary is just unbelievable. It's speaking of teams that can win games a bunch of ways. I mean, Jesus, the New England Patriots. You mean Tom Brady yes. playing one of the? You know, I think pretty much every beat writer for the Patriots tweeted today that they had not seen an offense look more stagnant than it did on Sunday, and it was everything was just fine. I mean, the, the, it's 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 amazing to me. Uh, yeah, they won, and so I think that there's there's a lot to unpack with the Bills. And I think that they're still, in my mind, a playoff contender. But you know, listen, we'll see. We'll see what the we'll see if Matt Barkley has to play going forward. I mean, Josh Allen, you know, if he's going to keep running, he's going to keep getting hit. And obviously, whether or not there seemed to be quite a firestorm, whether whether or not um, you know that was a super illegal hit or just you know kind of helmet to helmet or or Allen lowered his head. I don't even know. I even even looked it at it from that egregious to me. Yeah, and I, I haven't looked at it enough for angles, and yeah. I'm not in the league office or anything like that. But what I'm saying is, is that um, Allen is a really gifted runner, and a lot of times he looks like a running back. Um, but I know that there's going to be times where you know he gets hit a lot, and that's that's going to be part of the Bills game going forward. And so it'll be interesting to me to see how sort of, sort of that unfolds over the course of the season and, and how often somebody like Matt Barkley has to play. Before we move on, let's take a quick break. Hiring can be a slow process. Cafe Altura's COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So we switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, it finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job, so you get qualified candidates fast. 
Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so we could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like this, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNFL. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash R-I-N-G-E-R-N-F-L. ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNFL. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Today's episode is brought to you by Floor and Decor. Don't miss out. Floor and Decor is the only one-stop flooring shop that keeps general contractors, flooring specialists, and renovation experts ahead of the game. Thanks to their fully stocked warehouse of hard surface flooring, no job is too big. Job quantities of tile wood and stone are in stock and available for the convenient worksite delivery. And their dedicated pro services team is here to help make it easy for you to run your business, offering everything from 14-day product storage to financing solutions to express pickup. Sign up for Pro Premier Awards and you'll automatically rack up points that you can exchange for prizes. Plus, you'll have access to over 15 discounted services to help you grow your business. Explore your local floor and decor and discover how quality flooring products at everyday low prices can completely change your game. Visit floorandecor.com today to locate the floor and decor nearest you and score savings and service you won't find anywhere else. That's floorandecor.com. All right, let's get to stock up, stock down. Let's run through these pretty quickly. Uh, let's start with stock up. I think the Saints defense deserves mention. You know, this is, I mean, we talked about what they would have to do without Drew Brees, what the kind of formula would have to be. And I think for the last two weeks, they've really shown us that they can win in uglier ways than we've seen them yep. win in the past. You know, last year, last week, it was kind of dumping the ball off to Camara. It was letting him do all the work. This week, they had a little bit more in the passing game. You know, Michael Thomas was solid. They didn't have much downfield in the same way they didn't against Seattle, but they really did look great on defense. Marshawn Lattimore had an awesome game. It's just one of those things where when you talk about how can you have a secondary plan when you're all-time legendary quarterback goes down. They've shown us over the last two weeks that they have a couple different secondary plans, and I think that's impressive. Hey, do you know who helped the New Orleans Saints tonight? Hmm. The Dallas Cowboys. Yes, they certainly did. So there's a couple of things I like from the Cowboys. Number one is that I actually like someone like Robert Quinn doing really well in a game like that shows their depth because I don't think when I'm listing the you know X factors for the Cowboys, Robert Quinn doesn't pop out, and that I just I'm a huge fan of roster depth. And when you get contributions from like Robert Quinn, that's usually suggests good things. Having said that, the other side of the ball is from the NFL. Excuse me, from PFF. The Dallas Cowboys use play action on seven of 35 dropbacks, 20. percent Okay, they had the second highest rate of play action through the first three weeks, and it was double that. Okay. Beyond that, Lee Sharp tweeted this out. First, a passing rate on first and second down week one against the Giants, 70%. Week two against the Redskins, 64%. Week three against the Dolphins, 53%. Tonight, 50%. So it's dropped in four straight weeks. Kellen Moore, what are you doing? 
You knew what worked. We know we know what works with Dak Prescott. Maybe they were playing around with some stuff, or maybe he looked good doing certain things the last couple of weeks. But I think we know for certain. You've written a million words about this. We've both talked about this for a long time. We kind of know what works with Dak right now, and I think they got away from it a little bit on Sunday night. That happens, though, right? Yep. I mean, you get in your first, like primetime game, you know, on the road, tough situation. Every play caller is going to have a slight slip the same way every young player does. Agreed. So, I mean, I, I think that he's been great. I think they'll be fine. Oh, no, listen, I think this, this is, is still, the type of game still that happens a, every once in a while. This is still a significantly pro Kellen Moore podcast. <laughs> uh, I, I support a lot of the work that he has done. I think they'll be okay. Yeah, right, I just let, think that from, from, from tonight's perspective, I think that part of the story is not just the Saints defense, but the you know they the Cowboys offense was not doing necessarily what it had earlier in the season from a, from I, a I agree. tendency standpoint. And I think that they'll be fine. I, I yep. think that you see that you do a little self scouting that they'll be back you know to where they were very quickly. I have a lot of faith in that team, but at this point, I also have a lot of faith in New Orleans' ability to sustain without Breeze and figuring it out. Hey. Just kind of trying to tread water and make sure that you're around. Again, in a pretty watered-down NFC. That Dennis Allen corner blitz on the Hail Mary was awesome. It was really good. He had a couple of really nice plays. I mean, they had that one where they came out, and it was just like a uh, – even on the first play of that of that drive, they came out. It was like a mug front. They had like eight guys on the line, dropped four back. I think that they'll be fine on defense. I think they have enough talent on that side, and we've seen what they can do schematically over the last couple of years. And it's maybe the last, the first three weeks were not a fluke, but not necessarily indicative of how good they can be defensively over the course of the season. All right. I mean, stock up Danny Dimes, man. Okay. So we talked about this last week with Trubisky. And I said that you said if, if Trubisky beats the Redskins by 30, that's an accomplishment. I said 50. <laughs> it it kind of landed you know, closer to you than me, but I, I, I still kind of give credit to Trubisky for that win. He played okay. What, he played fine. What, what are, how are we viewing a Danny Dimes versus Washington performance? 24 to three. Um, you know, it, it wasn't perfect. Um, he had two yeah, interceptions. He had some moments today. Yeah. He, he looked yeah, like he a had, quarterback. He, he had moment. two interceptions, he had sure. but he's two and oh, I saw, I was watching prime time as, as I do, as we know, as regular listeners know, two weeks in a row, I've watched prime time. And Pat Shermer was on there and he was just like, do I don't even know what the question was. But Pat Shermer was like, Daniel Jones is smarter than all of us. He's smarter than all. It was so like emphatic and, and like strange that I now think that Daniel Jones maybe is smarter than all of us. And so now I'm, I'm just now <laughs> with almost no evidence whatsoever. Just think that he's the smartest quarterback in football. Um, but listen, a win is a win. It's two and oh, good for him. That's kind of where I'm sitting. It, it, he did not look great today. I mean, he had moments. He definitely looked like a guy making a second career start. I think this is more kind of a, a joke than anything else. It, it, I think he'll be fine. He's I, got I think the, he's he, got the, Vikings next week and then the Patriots on Thursday night. That's what you need to be looking at. The Redskins yeah. are not a, not a functioning team. We're doing this as a bit. Good for him for being 2-0, but the next two weeks are going to be really, really instructive to how what kind of quarterback he is. I think he looked like a rookie quarterback today, and that's going to happen. It, it, this is still trending in the right direction as far as I'm concerned. I think Do you see anything from Haskins? Everything. 
Well, we're going to get to them in a second. I, I just think that y- y- you get throw that he's they're going to be one of the stock downs. I mean, we we can we don't have to do that. We can just do it now. But it's I I think that it's one of those things. It's I think that they're such a hard team to figure out. They literally didn't have their two best offensive players in this game. They didn't have McLaurin. They didn't have Scherf. He gets thrown in cold. It's it's going to be a tough road this year. It's going to be really difficult for us to judge him by the end of the season because of how bad this team is. I, I think that he struggled. I think he's going to struggle, and I think that that's going to be a constant theme throughout the rest of the season. Where are you on whether or not the Redskins should promote Jim Tom Sula if Jay Gruden gets fired? I mean, I think you have to just for the you have to do it. it all. You have to do it. I, I'm always I'm there's always this weird owner narrative that like if you fire a and this happens a lot more in the NBA I think but if you fire a coach you should always promote the guy who on staff who's who's been there before and I'm normally like very very against this because I think it's just sort of lazy but I I am so pro Jim Tom Sula being a head coach again I, I can't stand it. I might move to Washington if this happens <laughs> one, one more stock up uh the Cleveland Browns today they showed up, and I was impressed. And I think that them leaning on Chubb the way they did, Baker having a better game when Odell was nowhere to be found, and the way they could kind of tap into a different version of themselves, I thought that was impressive against a Baltimore team that you and I both like. Yep, we both like them. And it, it's it's interesting to me. I mentioned this earlier, but I think Rolovsky's point about how they basically had the, the Browns had as bad of a September as you can have, and they're two and two. And this is almost exactly what I thought was going to happen. As I said a couple of times in the preseason, that when you have a new head coach, new a new group of faces, that it, it just takes time to build. That's just football in 2019. That's no training camp. That's guys who don't play in preseason, all that stuff. It just takes a while to gel. Okay. And so I'm not, you know, I, I got a little bit worried last week when it looked like they, they just were completely off the rails, but this is fine. I want to talk briefly about the stat I saw that I just I, I cannot get over this. Baker Mayfield's fastest play of the season is what? In what sense? Him running? Just him, him running. The fastest he has moved on a football field is what? Oh, I have no idea. Well, you're about to know. It is Nick Chubb's 21.9 mile per hour run on this 88-yard touchdown, okay? Baker Mayfield was going 19 miles per hour following Chubb just to celebrate. That's really funny. I find that incredibly charming. I really do too. And honestly, though, it it just seems like they needed a day like today. Yeah, they needed needed a celebration. And I think that that part of it is, and with Freddie, I understand that he wants, look, I I know the whole thing about how Freddie's going to be a hard ass and all that stuff. and, And I've talked to John Dorsey about it. We both talked to Freddie himself about how he's a leader of men and all this stuff. But I think with that group of personalities, I think every couple of weeks they just need to have just a ton of fun on the football field. They're a fun team and they should be having fun. You know, it goes back to the member. And it wasn't even the do your job thing. What was the initial Belichick thing? The initial Belichick documentary. It doesn't matter. There was the one, it was the one from like 10 years ago. And he was, in, he was, you know, what I'm talking about that. It was one where he dressed as yeah, a pirate. Yeah. He dressed as a pirate and he went to Randy Moss's party, all that stuff. But I remember in there, he was just like, you should be as you should be excited on the football field. You should be excited to make yes. plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the I remember this. Field, yeah, right. And like that's sort of when I watched the Browns last week, I'm looking at, I'm thinking, 
Baker loves playing football and being out there. Odell has a great time out there. Jarvis Landry has a great time out there. Miles Garrett is as big a personality as there is in football, and I don't think people understand that just yet. And I, I, I think that that these kind of days where they're just having fun in the field is kind of really important because that's the type of team personality they have. And so when you see those celebrations, there's a photo going around. I don't know if anybody saw it where uh, Mayfield is running sort of caddy corner to, to Chubb um, celebrating already as Chubb kind of pulls away. It was, it was a, the type of win I wanted to see from them um, going forward. And I know this isn't very uh, analytical. It's just sort of, this is the body language. This is the body okay, language though. doctor checking in. That's okay, though. I think that with, with them, there was so much about the start of their season that wasn't analytical. Right. And it was a little bit more emotional, and it was one of those things where you needed to see a certain kind of, like you said, body language, demeanor, all of that stuff. And I just think that this was one of those games. You know, Baker just making big throws that he didn't make in the first couple of weeks. They still have issues. They, you know, the offense, especially the passing game, isn't on time the way you'd hope it is You know, going forward. But I still think that this is one of those things where their talent won out. Baker made big throws. Nick Chubb is a special player. And we didn't really get to see that a ton over the first three weeks. He really has a ton of talent. And this he just took over in this game. The thing to me, though, that was almost most impressive is the fact that without Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams, they grounded this Ravens passing game. That, to me, was really encouraging. The fact that we have this amount of talent on Baltimore's side, and they still couldn't move the ball consistently through the air against a banged-up Browns defense. That is one of those things going forward where it's like, okay, like if they're going to have this much talent on offense and the defense is going to show up like this even when they're banged up, this is a team that I think could stick around. I also I, I tweeted this today. Is Ricky Seals-Jones better than David Njoku? I think he might be. <laughs> like it, it's, uh, He's catching the ball. There's yeah. some back shoulder throws, everything else. Their offense was not demonstrably worse with their backup tight end in instead of a first-round pick. And again, I, I just think that that's what you like to see. Teams just being able to sustain when things aren't necessarily going their way. Yep. Big win for them. Are you worried about the Ravens' defense at all? So I'm worried about this Mike Garofalo report that Brandon Williams and Earl Thomas were in a tiff over Williams' inactivity today. Oh, man. I did a lot of reporting on Earl Thomas in Seattle, and he was very, very, very blunt with a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't even remember who told me. It was like Thurl Simon or somebody told me that he would just like he would scream things that were like, do you think this is Madden or something like that? Where it was just like, he would just say whatever was on his mind. And I think there's probably some people who are not yet used to that. And, um, you know, Earl is Earl. I'm sure this is a pro Earl Thomas podcast as well. I I have a lot of faith in their ability to figure things out on, on several different levels. All right, let's get to stock down. The Texans really can't figure this stuff out, man. Deshaun Watson sacked six more times today, just being completely bewildered by defensive back blitzes the same way they have been for a long time at this point. I just, this team is so good in so many ways, and they just cannot figure out how not to beat themselves. He was hit 10 times today. He was hit 10 times today. And a lot of it is on him. But it, that, this is a problem that continues to happen no matter whose fault it ends up being. 
this is this was the danger the whole time when you go all in in a year where you're not actually ready to go all in. And now they're getting owned by Kyle Allen at home. They got owned by the, the Panthers defense. The Panthers defense. I, I'm aware of that. Today. I'm aware of that. But I don't know, man. I mean, I saw some footage of Deshaun Watson out on the field practicing after the game, um, which is kind of an NBA move. You know, that's, you know, always, you know, they're, they, they stay up till 2 a.m. Yeah, they lose the game up. when they take 700 jumpers or whatever. Um, yeah. I guess Deshaun Watson was practicing, practicing passes. Um, so I, I, I just, I don't know what to think of the Texans franchise right now. Um, I just, we, we seem to criticize them every week. Uh, you know, it's, listen, I, I still think, as we said, everybody's two and two. It's, it's not the end of the world. It's just, don't lose games like this at home. It, the, the Panthers conversation is kind of similar to me to the Saints in the sense that figuring them proving they can kind of do this in a different way. And when Kyle Allen does not play well and he puts the ball on the ground as much as he did today, I mean, they should lose this game. Carolina absolutely should lose this game when you consider how many times they tried to give it away, and they didn't. And I just think that the reason I was so excited about them coming into the season was about their overall roster talent. Mm-hmm. And that that's shown through today. It really did. And Shaq Thompson was everywhere. Their defensive line played really well. I just feel like this is a team with so much ability on both sides of the ball. And the fact that kind of what we were talking about with the Browns having a disaster month and being two and two, I feel the same way about Carolina. I mean, they had a yep. terrible month and they're sitting here at two and two and it's anybody's game in that division. The Texans have scored 78 points and allowed 78 points. They're eternally a nine and seven team. Even if the the actual record doesn't bear that out, they really are. Did you see the Deshaun? Did you see the Deshaun Watson press conference? I so I saw that there was something that happened. I literally oh, no, no, stumbled no. upon it, it when we were recording. Yeah, yeah. So it was essentially that reporter asked Deshaun Watson about not being not taking deep shots and what the Panthers were giving them. And he kind of misunderstood at first. I think he was, he thought it was like a, he, he thought it was a, I don't know, kind of an accusatory question, but obviously that was, that was sussed out pretty quickly. And then he went really, 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 really in depth. You would have loved it. You should watch after this about, oh, I'm, I'm looking at the clip right now, actually, about I'm, I'm the listening Panthers, to it, but I see it. about the Panthers defense and kind of what, what they were doing and how they were adjusting and, and what was possible against it. And I just want to say that like, we both really like to show. I, I see him doing two and, fists. Yeah, like you're gonna love. You're gonna safeties, you're yeah. gonna download this and put it on your phone. Um, if <laughs> if if this is the kind of stuff that happens at press conferences going forward, the NFL will be a better place. I think that there's probably room for the casual fan to slow it down a little bit. Um, just as far as like you know, I don't think there's a lot of people who are going to understand everything that's that's said in it. But I think that if there are quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson who want to bring everybody into this world and and teach people football um which he did and he, he very 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 intelligently on sunday then the nfl will be a much much smarter place and i uh kudos to deshaun watson for explaining in detail and at least he, he you if you really want to understand what he's talking about you can just take everything he said and put it into google and figure it out after like an hour you'll be fine it's one of those things where i mean you and i we, we do this stuff all the time where 
it would be having a conversation with someone about football and they'll just be like, well, you know, it's kind of complicated. And I was like, I was like, well, just teach me. <laughs> just like, here, like here, here's my notebook. Just write it. Just, just show me. It's one of my favorite things. The other way is when they say something really complicated and you have to be like, absolutely. And you have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. That's that happened true. a lot. It happened a lot. I typically know the NFL. Not, yeah. I typically know the NFL vocabulary quite well just, just because I've heard this stuff before. It's not like I'm, you know, some football genius. But when I did an NBA story over the summer and I just had no idea what some of these vocabulary things meant, I was just like calling up <laughs> Justin Verrier and be like, teach me what the hell this is. <laughs> All right. Let's get to one more stock down here. Uh, we talked about this a little bit on last week's show. Where do the Denver Broncos go from here? <laughs> eight, eight straight losses. What what is the answer here? I I don't know. And we talked about it on the last show, right? So maybe it's maybe it's a different personnel situation. I mean, it seems like that's a given at this point. But like, no, no but it's actually, a given right, to just, us, but maybe not to ownership. All right, so all right, so that's fair. All right, it's so John let's, Elway. Let's, let's say they do. They go a different direction. Let's say John mm-hmm. Elway does get moved to a different side of the building, and his job now is he professionally shakes hands. Do you he gets go his to job? Drew his job title. Year? His job title will be John Elway. Yes, and that's fine, and he deserves that job. So you go to Drew Locke next year. Is that the answer? I don't even know if that's necessarily that possible considering what they paid Joe Flacco. I mean, yeah. this is a disaster, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, great question. I, you know, th- again, this is Joe Flacco's cap hit next season is $23.7 million. It's 13.6 of that money. Jesus fucking Christ. I think you run it back. And maybe hope you can get Drew Locke starting sooner rather than later in 2020. I think you maybe. I mean, should they just tank? Should they tank this year? Why not? What are you going to win? They'd yeah. be kind of funny if the Dolphins got out tanked by somebody, either Washington or Denver. The non-tanking tankers. The not. Well, no. I mean, they might. One of these teams might just wise up and just start tanking. So. Yeah, I, I don't. If I knew what could fix the Broncos, uh, I would tell you. But it just seems like a lost cause right now. I don't. I don't think if you fire Fangio, I don't think you do any of this stuff. I just no. Think I don't kinda, think you can do that. I think this is a rebuild, and I don't know what you do with Von Miller. I feel bad for him, but, but that's you know. the thing that's so frustrating to me is if it were a rebuild, and it should have been. The Flacco thing is so misguided. It was misguided in the moment, and now it just looks so so stupid. It just, it was never the right choice. And I just think that their inability to figure out that position is so damning. And it's not even that they haven't been able to figure it out because my franchise hasn't been able to figure out in 30 years of my life. That's correct. But it's still, at least there's been a somewhat justifiable plan. And their plan was not in any way justifiable. So like when you look at Jacksonville, I'd say there is actually a sizable contingent of people who are like, this Nick Foles thing could work, right? Yes. And I feel like that... There is some ability to defend it. uh, I will concede that. And I feel like in 85% of quarterback situations, you can see the logic in it. Why would you draft Mitch Trubisky second overall? Okay, because X, Y, and Z. It makes sense, at least on the surface. 
I don't know what the contingent of human beings who thought that Joe Flacco was going to work in Denver was, except maybe, maybe Joe just Flacco John Elway. Maybe his yeah, John, family. And, Joe Flacco and John Elway were at two. We're at two people. I haven't heard a third yet. And it was just one of those decisions where you could just see it coming from a mile away and they did it anyway. And see, 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 see the outcome from a mile away and they did it anyway. I don't know why they did it and why they gave him all that money. I don't even know why you give a draft pick up for him. But I just, I don't know. I don't know, dude. All right. Let's get to our challenge flags for the week. Uh, I'm throwing mine about the Vikings plan, just period. They pay Kirk Cousins $84 million fully guaranteed, and then they systematically this offseason try to build a roster and an offensive approach to hide your $84 million quarterback. They are at their best when they ask him to do the least, and I just don't understand how that's a path to success right now. When they can't run the ball, they're pretty much worthless right now. And they could not run the ball today. They could not run the ball today against a team that did not have Akeem Hicks and still just didn't allow them to do anything on the ground. I mean, it, It's a weird thing because if this season goes awry and it seems like it may, what do they do? So now you have Cousins for one more year after this. Your cap situation is such that you're going to have to lose at least one, probably multiple players from that defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are the Minnesota Vikings with Kirk Cousins making this amount of money and a lesser roster? It just, I don't understand. They tried to build this offense this way in order to have an identity on that side of the ball. And that identity is so counter to the way they've spent most of their resources that it's just really hard for me to construe what this team will be in 2020 and moving forward just because this has not worked the way they wanted it to. So I think we can not press the panic button just yet. It's I wouldn't have, press a panic button. I would just say their two. ceiling is decidedly lower than I thought it was going to be coming into the season. I right now would agree with that. But again, this is this is early days for everybody. Sure. There are two teams in that division of three wins, Packers and the Bears. Then you have the Vikings. I think I can't that, believe the Bears are three and one. <laughs> no, nor so can I. There's a lot of things so I can't believe about the Bears, but I think that you start to think about what that division race looks like. And again, I think that I think I picked I picked the Vikings to win the division. The Packers make the wild card. Is that correct? You did. Okay. And I probably would switch those right now. Um, if I had to, I, I don't know. I'm not. Where do you ask. think the Vikings sit in that division? I think they look like the worst team. Well, we said that the Bears were the worst team four days ago. I mean, like fortunes rise and fall in the NFL all the time, and I kind of think that I, one thing I, I want to <laughs> avoid is just sort of jumping on and off bandwagons. With the no, exception, I understand that. with the exception of the Danny Dimes bandwagon, of course, we're both we're on driving just that one now, full bore. And we were just completely, we, 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 he is by like week seven. If he, if he actually just beats the Vikings, I, we have to like, I mean, I don't even know. I, I don't even know. The bandwagon I know is it was just a 10 be, point game. The bears dismantled the Vikings today. Oh no, I watched it. It was terrible. I mean, but, they, they well, could not move the ball. It was terrible. But again, 
I just I want to avoid every Sunday night just completely overreacting to the events of the day. I don't think no, that you're right. Los Ange- I don't think the Los Angeles Rams are worse than the Tampa Bay Bucks. I don't. <laughs> I, I, I don't, appreciate you going on a I, limb there. I don't think that the Baltimore Ravens are that much worse than the Cleveland Browns like we saw on Sunday. I just think that sometimes things happen. I think that what we learned on Sunday is that the Bears defense is really, really good. We already knew that. And it's going to take me a little longer to get off the Vikings bandwagon than than just the last couple of weeks. I, I, I tend to agree with you. And I, I do think that they have a lot of talent. I just am worried about what their offense is going to look like when Kirk Cousins has to carry. Did you see what? Adam Thielen said? I did not see that. He said, some Chad Graff tweeted that said, uh, quote, at some point, you're not going to be able to run the ball for 180 yards, even with the best running back in the NFL. That's when you have to be able to throw the ball. You have to be able to hit the deep balls. This and sounds- he did not today. That That is exactly my thought right now. Yeah. It, I just think that when there's, they, they are forced to step outside of this very specific approach that they seem to be struggling right now. And when you're paying your quarterback $30 million, it's really frustrating to not be able to have a passing game. That's correct. <laughs> that, that's it. I, I, I believe in a lot of the talent that they have. I just think that when they're forced to go to plan B right now, plan B is not working for them. Yeah, I agree. All right. What's your next challenge? So I have two. Um, I don't know what's going on in Atlanta right now. It's a it's a problem. I, I did not watch enough of that game. I, I was at a wedding shower today, so my uh, a my wedding shower, was, wedding shower, it was a wedding brunch, a wedding I am officiating. Like so, a, I was watching. So it wasn't like a bridal shower. It was a wedding shower. It was like a wedding brunch, and Expl- I was there. So it was just a brunch to celebrate an upcoming wedding. Correct. It was like an engagement party. Essentially, okay. That's okay. Engagement party. Yeah, I, that that tracks. Do you know Marcus Mariota is the only quarterback? Not that I would. I, of course, I want more details about this, but I'm going to just get back to the Falcons real quick. It's more so you know, that I the, the game was on a smaller screen than I would normally be watching it on. So okay. that, that game, okay. that's one of the games that fell by the wayside today. Okay. Uh, it was Marcus, more so I was looking at the score and be like, what's going on there? Marcus Mariota is the only quarterback to start every game this season and not turn the ball over. Take that they, they, for, they, they, take that so for data. To me. Take they're that so confusing for data. To me. Um, I just, I, they are a confounding football team. I think Matt Ryan had like 390 something yards today, which would be good, but they, I don't think he had a, he did not have a touchdown. Like, what, what are we doing here? 35 completions, 397 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Devonta, they, no one had more than 28 yards rushing. Devonta Freeman thing is just bizarre. Like no longer know, exists. I don't know what's going on there. It's just, I can't even diagnose it really. It's just strange. It's Wait, just what's the other strange. One? Okay. Uh, Andy Reid's post win uh, victory speech. I have not seen with this. It? No, he he said uh, he said Mozart made some not every not every painting that Mozart painted was a masterpiece. <laughs> but hold on, he said. But the the lesson is that they all sold for a million dollars. Here's here's Andy Reid, not an art in, connoisseur. 
In Andy Reid's defense, I will say this. He's right about one thing. He, first of all, he didn't say that Mozart was a painter. He just said that that Mozart pa- Mozart's paintings uh, sell for a million dollars. They probably and would, if, honestly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm getting at. If if a Mozart painting was unearthed in 2019, it would absolutely sell for a million dollars. What's your favorite Mozart painting? Do you have one? There, I, I celebrate Mozart's entire catalog of paintings. <laughs> It's like picking a child, the favorite child. Yeah, You're just not gonna I, love, do that to I love all of his paintings. It was great. I so I, I assume that because of the extended analogy that that it was going to sell for a million dollars, I assume he meant Picasso there. Yeah, that's probably. True. I mean, I I get that would be. He's the most famous. He's the most Painter. famous sort of artist you would go to in that situation. I don't know if he's the most Which painter, NFL head but, coach do you think has the most just well-rounded art knowledge? Oh, I probably know the answer to this if I thought about it. I don't know. I don't you know, think many NFL coaches are super into art. It would surprise uh, me if one had like really detailed understanding of like 19th century artwork. Some of the executives do. Um, but I'm trying to think of actual coaches i'm trying to rack my brain i don't know i don't know um yeah i don't know i i i got nothing for you i'm trying to we'll think. figure this out we'll figure this out we'll get back I to can art see, talk i can later. see uh wait was wasn't there a coach who takes their guys to museum is taking their guys to museums for a game I know this is going to drive me crazy. Oh, on Thursday, we'll I'm sure we can this. figure it out. I'm it's sure we'll figure end, it out. Listen, we'll get back to our talk listen, at some point. The short answer is not Andy Reid. Yeah. The, <laughs> all right. Uh, before we get out of here, tomorrow's headlines. What are we going to talk? What are we going to be talking about for the next couple of days? I think there's just going to be overreaction to a bunch of two and two teams. Yeah. It, it was a weird week. I, I think it's it's kind of hard to build like, a conclusion I, I, about a lot of stuff. After I think there's going to be Sunday. weird panic buttons hit for teams that that don't necessarily need to hit it like i think there's probably going to be kind of a weird even though we've done this already but i think there's probably going to be an overreaction to the rams game just because i think the rams are definitely that's the turn the ball over a lot i think the i think the vikings there'll be an overreaction to um i think they'll probably be in even though listen they were real bad but like the the falcons are still just one and three they can they can do something to salvage a season at some point, but I just think there'll be a little bit of overreaction. I, I think that listen, the only teams right now that should just be like our season is over, absolutely over, are the Dolphins, the Redskins, and the Broncos. Everybody else is at least like you were throwing the Jets in there. Oh yeah, the Jets. I'm sorry, I forgot that they were they were a football team. Um, that's, no, they that, didn't. That, that's, uh, what I, that's what I. They didn't lose today, so well, yeah, they, they were didn't, better shape than the other guys. Yeah, they didn't. They're they're on the bye week, and so I, I I forgot they existed. So, um, yeah, I would throw them in. So those are the four teams because even the Bengals, like they, they've been in it, you know. So I don't necessarily and, think and that, you know that the Broncos lost today or the Ravens lost today. So now the Ravens are two and two. You're only two games back in that division. If you beat oh, the, the Steelers, oh, the, for then the, maybe for the the Bengals playoff run. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, yeah, yeah, that matters. Yeah, I know you're saying. The fact I know that you're, you're not. I mean, if if you're one and two, like let's say the Bengals are one and three after tomorrow or zero oh and four. If you're in a division with the Chiefs or the Patriots, that's a different story than if you're in a division with two two and two teams. I love it. Here come the Bengals. <laughs> that that well, also they play the Bengals and the Steelers, both of whom are winless, play tomorrow night. 
Yes, they do. So one and of these is a game two. I am not and, excited and, about. And watching. I would go to f- as far to say that if one whoever loses that game, their season might be over. That's fair. All right, that's all we got. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network. We'll be back on Thursday. Today's episode is brought to you by Floor & Decor. Floor & Decor is where pros go for tile, wood, stone, and installation materials. But the best part about Floor & Decor is their pro services and loyalty reward program. From the dedicated pro hotline to the exclusive pro app, your Floor & Decor team is just a touch away. Visit floorandecor.com today to find the location nearest to you.